0: Welcome to another edition of Tripector Soccer Talk. I am your host, Tanner Ravello. Today we are recapping the 3-2 New England Revolution loss against Real Salt Lake, which took place on a snowy and cold night at Gillette Stadium in March. Uh, There's a lot to get to in this game. Uh, This game featured a brutal fall apart by the Revolution. They conceded three goals in the final 12 minutes, plus stoppage time to fall to Real Salt Lake after coming out with a 2-0 lead. This is the first time since 2007 that the Revolution have actually took a 2-0 lead at home and ended up losing that game. That other game was uh, May 26, 2007 against the Kansas City Wizards. That game finished 4-3 in a loss. So it's been a long time since you've seen the the Revolution at home take a 2-0 lead and end up losing. Uh, So we're going to see the highlights from that game and then we'll break it all down after.
1: These three, he should have his day. Here's Christensen now, sliding inside, Boateng coming across back to Arnor, curling cross for Books, who elevates, heads it off the post! Nice cut there. Boateng low cross this time, back to him again. Farrell gets a turn. To the back stick it goes, knocked down, it's loose, Boateng buries the ball! Bo- Opportunity, a promising one for Miram for Wood. Earl Edwards slides in to make the save. Now Maciel. Leggett again, cross for Bucsa, heads it goalwards, and Josie Alcador has his first goal, the member of the His in swinging ball, Glad, oh loose, it's off the post, off the crossbar I should say! he had to slow down his steps to gather and ended up doing a good job but for a second oh that's going the wrong way for the revs. this could be a break Bobby Wood taken down from behind Drew Fisher and it's tucked home by Cordova Drew Fisher for him Ruiz stands up a tricky ball in oh it's in 2-2 two, two. it's been good Saul Lake Schmidt giving chase nice play Waffles in lays it back a winner? Yes, it is. That is unbelievable.
0: On that first goal, Emma Boateng was pretty good. He was excellent. Um, then Andrew Farrell ended up getting the ball. Uh, Farrell sent it in a cross to Buxa, who redirected the header to the feet of Emma Boateng, who finished it. Um, pretty nice goal for the Revolution to take that 1 0 lead. Then in the 60th minute, they sent in three substitutes. They sent in Carlos Seal, Sebastian Jett, and Jose Altador. Legette ended up sending in a cross that found the head of Adam Buxa. Buxa redirected to Jose Altidore at the far post, and Altidore finished it for his first goal as a member of the New England Revolution. Another nice goal. Um, and if you're looking at this lineup, they had seven changes to the starting lineup for the Revolution versus their match. On Wednesday, they sat players like Jose Altidore, Gustavo Bo, Juan Jones, Brandon Baye, Carlos Heel, Sebastian Legette, just to name a few. Um, you know, and then in the 60th minute, for whatever reason, the Revolution subbed on Sebastian Jett, Jose Altidore, and Carlos Hill, despite it being an icy surface at Gillette Stadium. And they did get a goal immediately in that 60th minute. Um, and then they continued to play on and play on, and then eventually they subbed in the 77th minute, Matt for Fred and Buxa. They went with a one-strike with Jose Altidore up top. And a minute later, that is when Real Salt Lake scored their first goal. And then the second goal was scored off of Free kick initially, the ball was moving on the free kick. It wasn't uh, completely stationary, and the Revolution understandably weren't very happy about it, uh, considering it resulted in a goal. Uh, And then after the game, a pull report was submitted, you know, asked the officials as to why they didn't go to VAR in that situation. They said this instance outside VAR protocol and VAR is not permitted to intervene. um, As to why they didn't see it and stop the play, so if the ball reset, they said they didn't see it, they're looking at something else.
2: The ball was moving. Having said that, though, You know they still got the goal and all of that. But there's no point in having VAR if if they can't look at that tape and make that decision. Um, so that was
0: basically what the, the referee said. And it obviously it was very windy, you know, talking about the conditions at Gillette. We're going to hear from AJ De La Garza. We're going to hear from Ryan Spalding and from Revolution's sporting Director, Bruce Arena on their thoughts of the conditions.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it was a dream come true getting my MLS debut. Um, obviously, not the conditions I would have even thought about playing in, and uh, obviously, it's a tough result. Definitely not what we were going for. We thought I thought it was a good performance up until the last 15 minutes, and then kind of just lost it from there. would have Would have hoped for a, a better result, but we'll move on and just focus on the next week. The worst condition I ever played in in my literally entire life, so uh, it was crazy the wind, the snow, the ice. Um, but at the end of the day, those are all excuses, and we had a chance to win, and um, we blew it in the last 15 minutes.
2: Aiden, I uh, guess, just oh, I, I, I don't know what uh, uh, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> games have been played in the snow, it's not you know. So I can't argue that. Now, what do you you take away from it? You probably have to have better concentration at the end of the game. And and certainly on a day like today, there's going to be mistakes made in the the penalty area. And for us to uh, have a combination of mistakes like that at the end of the game is inexcusable. But, you know, certainly wasn't a soccer game today. But, you know, you, both teams played under the same conditions, so so give them credit.
0: Sitting in the press box last night um, was probably the worst visibility I've ever had in six years covering the team. Uh, in that first half, you couldn't see really anything past the half line. Um, you know, just there was too much snow. Visibility was so poor. And then the wind, uh, the wind was, the gusts were pretty incredible. Um, it was crackling the grass. Glass, even in the press box, um, it was some of the worst conditions I've ever seen at Gillette Stadium. Um, and Fred who has been covering the Revolution for since day one. Essentially, he was asked about the conditions too, and he said it was he's never seen it before. Um, so it was really, really poor conditions to play soccer in any sport uh, at Gillette, if we're being honest. Um, and after the game, the TV crew actually pulled aside Revolution midfielder Carlos Heel, and I'm not going to play his audio. Um, but Carlos Hill you know, did use an expletive um, and basically said it was impossible to, to play soccer in that weather, that he couldn't communicate, um, and that it's essentially not soccer, or he said not football. But um, I'm not going to play the audio. I think people have heard it uh, and probably don't want to hear it. But to be honest, I don't really buy it. Um, get it's tough conditions, but it was tough conditions for both teams. Revolution had a 2-0 lead at home to Real Salt Lake. Real Salt Lake came back, Scored three goals to win the game. Now, yeah, it's going to be tough to communicate with your team. It's going to be tough to play in those conditions. Brutal to play in those conditions. The fact is both teams were dealing with that, and you still found a way to concede three goals. Well, Carlos Hill is right. They probably shouldn't have played in that first half in the worst of those conditions. But they did, and both teams dealt with it. And that's the reality of it. You know, after the game, if you want to complain, blame the weather. I mean, sure, I guess if you want. The reality is the Revolution conceded three goals late. And they fell apart at home and lost. That's the reality. And if you go back and look, well, the Revolution didn't play seven of their starters. That wasn't certainly an A-, A lineup. Yeah, they subbed in and kind of went for it at the end. And, you know, it didn't pay off for them. You know, you'd think that if you have Carlos Hill on the field, Sebastian Leggett, Ozzy Altidore, and you'd probably see out the result. But then again, you look at that back line. Ryan Spalding, age De La Garza. John Bell, and Andrew Farrell. Farrell, the only one being a regular starter for this team. So, you know, it's tough to get two on them for this result, considering they had a 3-0 win over Pumas in the midweek in CCL. But I think the key here to sort of move beyond this quickly is to go down to Mexico on Wednesday and beat Pumas. I think that's the key to put this in the rearview mirror for the revolution. New England did deploy a lot of New faces, or faces that haven't got a lot of playing time against Real Salt Lake. One of the new faces to MLS was defender Ryan Spaulding. I thought Spaulding played very well for the Revolution. Uh, had a number of great recoveries, really showed his quality, had some nice pace. Um, you know, it to me showed that he belonged at that level. So we're going to hear from Ryan Spalding on making his MLS debut, and then we're going to hear from Bruce Serena on his thoughts on Spalding.
1: I mean, it was an incredible feeling. Um again, first people I told were more my family and they were super happy for me and um they're actually up here right now so they're able to see it and it was just a it was a special moment.
2: He played hard, you know, a little little bit inexperienced, but I, I think he played hard and you know, did a solid job. You know, it, it's tough to explain why the revolution
0: fell apart in those final fifteen minutes. Obviously it was a defensive lapse. Um, you know, and we also like was on the front foot, all the moment had flipped, but um, we're going to hear from AJ De La Garza on sort of what happened at the end there. Can't even explain it. Um, at the end of the day, it, it's on us uh, defenders and, and doing our job um, like we did the first 75 minutes, just focus
1: and uh, clearing balls and uh, moving the team up and getting pressure on
0: crosses and, and shots and uh, all of it. It was just uh, a big domino effect and play after
2: the next.
0: I think it's a tough one for the Revolution. Uh, you know, this is probably the worst home loss in the arena era and one of the worst home losses this team's had in a long time. And you know, to put it in context, the fact that they hadn't done this since 2007, taking a 2-0 lead at home and then end up losing that game just speaks to the rarity of it. The you know, conditions were awful. The Revolution had incredible rotation. This wasn't an A-team lineup for them, but they weren't playing a very good Real Salik, in my opinion. Credit to Real Salik for digging in and fighting and getting that result. You know That team didn't give up. The Revolution, it seemed like they gave up. It seemed like the players didn't want to play, uh, especially at the end of that game. Um, you know, I think Carlos Hill's quote, I don't know why you sub on Carlos Hill if he doesn't want to play in that weather. Like, that to me is bizarre. I mean, I saw Carlos Heel coming on the field. I'm like, why are you putting the league MVP in a game where you're up 1-0 at home on icy conditions? It didn't make sense to me. It was bizarre. Um, I, I typically don't get Bruce Arena's substitutes most of the time. Um you know, the guy is successful, uber successful, right? He won a ton, but don't really get his substitutes. And he subs on Carlos Heel, but then after the game goes on a tirade. Why would you not see that the player don't want to play in that weather? And obviously, Carlos Seals asked to play. He's going to play. But clearly, he didn't want to be there. <laughs> I mean, I thought Carlos was fine on his time during the field. But it's just weird. To make those subs in the 60th minute, why are you chasing that second goal? And you chase it, and you got it. Great. Then you sort of change the of the game when you bring out Books, And I understand bringing up Books and putting Pulse. Or I understand that move. But it's just sort of weird. You know, in that 60th minute, why wouldn't you just be content in seeing out the result? Maybe going a little defensive there. You know, maybe bring in Brandon Bay or, so Omar Gonzalez, or, or somebody like that. Maybe bring a Pulsar in that moment. But, no, they went pretty heavy on attacking substitutes, bringing in Jose Altidore and Carlos Heel. So I thought that was a weird moment for the Revolution um, to do that. And I thought it was risky, too, to put Carlos Heel on that field. And, clearly, he's not happy now. Which, I, I'm sure he will get over it. Um, because. You know, in reality, both teams were dealing with conditions, like I said, but it was just a weird moment for the Revolution. Um, you know, I think thankfully for them, not many people were actually at Gillette to watch the game, to watch them fall apart like that, but the fans that were probably had a pretty bitter taste in their mouths you know, sitting there for over 90 minutes in those conditions and then seeing the team literally implode on the field. Um, the second I saw the final goal in stoppage time, the first thing I thought was this is the worst loss since the Brad Freidler, and I think I was correct in that. It, it reminded me a lot of the Brad Friedler, uh where the team would concede late at home and lose the game or tie the game and drop points. And that's exactly what they did against Real Salt Lake. That was bad. Now, that was week three of the Major League Soccer season. The Revolution are still fine in that regard. It's early. They didn't play their 8 team lineup, right? But you can't really make excuses. You have to look at that and say, well, that's not good enough, right? It's simply not good enough. And... You have to figure out how to build on from that. You know, I thought John Bell wasn't very good. I thought AJ Del Garza had some really bad moments as well. Um, I thought Farrell did fine, but I think Farrell was compensating for John Bell and De La Garza on that side. And, you know, I, I think defensively there's a lot of questions, right? And especially with Henry Kessler being injured, it sort of limited their whole depth, right? With Henry Kessler out. Because um, if you're sitting on Mar Gonzalez or if you wanted to sit Andrew Farrell last night, you couldn't really do that because you only do one with John Bell, Um, and you didn't really have enough outside backs to to fill in that slot, too, if you were to rotate another one. And so, say De La Garza was going to play center back, you didn't really have that other player to fit that slot. So, you know, I think it was a concern. Um, I think it sort of shows maybe they need some more defensive help. Um, Maybe they need another center back. I I don't know what the answer is, but I think they're going to have to look at that and say, okay, what happened here? You know, why didn't our players who were on the field Make an extra play. How did they concede three goals at 12 minutes plus stoppage time? It was bad. It was a result that makes you question everything you're probably working towards as a team. I think you can't overreact to it, but you have to look at that result and still say, okay, this is what we did wrong, and this is what we need to do to improve that. So I think for the Revolution, you know, they're going to have to bounce back here on this midweek, and then when they get back into MLS, they're going to have to you know, sort, of sort things out there too. In Charlotte next week, they're going to be playing a Charlotte team that's not good whatsoever, um, that's literally falling apart, but they're going to be playing potentially in a hostile environment with a lot of fans. So I think it's important not to overreact to this game, but to also understand that it was really bad, and yeah, you know, they have to improve on that. So we'll be back on Wednesday on Tri Factor Soccer Talk. We'll be reviewing and previewing the leg two of the 2022 Concacaf Champions League quarterfinals with Pumas, the Revolution have a three-nil no aggregate lead heading into that match, but they're playing at altitude. They're playing on a pretty quick turnaround here. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do and how they approach that game, but ultimately they just can't concede three goals. which um, You would say should be achievable, but the Revolution conceded three goals in 12 minutes plus stoppage time against Real Salt Lake at home, so I don't really know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Tana Rabello. Follow me at trifectanetworksports.com for the latest Revolution news. Thank you for watching and have a great week, everyone.